So for those of you who, who don't know what we're about to talk about, I just want to give a brief introduction. For the next two weeks, Rabbi Kligfeld and I are going to be teaching on the subject of a triennial Haftorah. I just want to put one thing out there first, that the reason that he and I have been studying this and that we are presenting it to you is not because we think services are too long. It happens to be a nice result of what might come of having a triennial Haftorah, but it actually has to do with the fact that we know that this is an extremely learned and educationally thirsty community. And so one of the things that Rabbi Klickfeld and I have spoken so much about is the enhancement that would come to Haftorah in having a triennial read as opposed to the entire Haftorah. I know that Rick read a beautiful Haftorah in here this morning and Reuben Posner uh, read for us in Beitenu. And they did a beautiful job. And in fact, this week, the Haftorah was shorter than the Torah portion. But according to Halakha, we're not supposed to read more Haftorah verses, more verses from the Nevi'im or the prophets than Torah verses. Because Torah is supposed to be the thing that we are holding up as the main part of our canon, of our learning, of our study. And so there are times when the triennial reading of Torah is shorter than a half Torah, just depending on how the rabbis had broken down that Parsha's triennial. So in a moment, we're going to go through many sources from the Talmud, from the Shulchan Aruch, our code of law, for actually from both Talmuds, from the Talmud Bavli, the Babylonian Talmud, and the Talmud Yerushalmi, the, the Palestinian Talmud, and then also how our modern-day rabbis then took these different sources and decided that this might be an educational thrust forward in our communities to learn more about our prophets, not less. So we're going to pass these out. You don't have to look at them yet. I'm going to just give you a few facts that you don't have on these pages. One thing I'm going to say is that I'm going to watch our time, because services are long, I'm going to watch our time, and Rabbi Klickfeld is going to pick up wherever we leave off next week. And if you're not able to be here next week, we hope that you'll either watch it on the live stream or that we're going to post the sources and you can read them on your own. So I'm going to tell you three things. Number one, what we're about to study is called a teshuva. A teshuva is a rabbinic responsa that is put together by rabbis in modern day to respond quite literally to our ancient sources. And two rabbis that you know very well in our own community, one being Rabbi Kligfeld and one being Rabbi Elliot Dorf, were two of the votes for this teshuva. So this comes with rabbinic support and backing and also comes from our own community of being in support of something that could bring this kind of education to our, to our services. The other thing I will mention is that as of right now, Rabbi Klickfeld and I have decided that this is going to begin as an experiment only in Beitenu and that it will be brought again before the ritual committee to discuss whether or not it will be something that is offered as an option to our B'nai Mitzvah students. So if and when you have questions about this, I just want you to know those two facts. 
Beitenu will be trying this as an experiment given that it is our more learner's minion, our more um, um, educationally focused and educationally forward minyan. We'll be trying it in there first. And then we'll see how it goes and if it is something that would, be, that would behoove our students that we could do here in Shir Chadash as well. But that won't happen for some months if it happens at all. The other thing I'm going to mention is that this was passed by a rabbi named Rabbi Avram Reisner in 2014. But what you might not know is that in 1987, which was not so long ago, the rabbis passed the triennial for Torah. So this is only a tshuva on if you're reading the triennial Torah. So in here, I believe today you read a full kriya. So the, the triennial of Torah would not even be an option in here this morning. In Beitenu, we read a triennial Torah reading. Therefore, the triennial Haftorah could and would have been an option. Just give me a thumbs up if that all makes sense so far. Okay, great. So we're going to start, again, we're not going to get through everything here, and I'm actually going to ask that if you're not going to be here next week, you can take it home, but if you are going to be here next week, that you're going to pass your pages back so that we can use them again for next week and not kill too many trees in the process. We're going to go through these different sources. They go, they go in order not of years that they were created, but the ways in which the rabbis looked at them for support of the, of the question of, is a triennial haftorah even something that we can do lawfully, something that we can do as, as supported by our canon and by our, by our rabbinic texts? So the purpose of Torah in our service is what? Tell me what you think the purpose of Torah reading is. This is not a trick question. Marshall. Great. Inspiration and instruction. Any other ideas? Larry. Great. Great. It keeps us on a timeline. So right now we're in Shmod, and so, so are the people in Israel, and so are the people in Spain, and so are the people in New Jersey, right? Everybody right now is along the same timeline. We know where we are in history. Great. So it's also an educational center to learn the Torah, to learn the different stories in our Torah. Great. So that's exactly what... Oh, yes, Mike. Great. There's also a chiv. There's an obligation for us to read Torah in services. That's exactly right. So our rabbis understood, and when I say our rabbis, when I'm not quoting a source, I'm talking about our Rabbi Elliot Dorfs and our Rabbi Adam Kligfelds. I'm not talking about our rabbis of ancient time. They realized when they were writing this tshuva that the purpose of Torah is pedagogic and that the sermon is therefore to teach Torah. Right, you very typically have a rabbi standing in front of you and they're, they're not usually talking about the haftar, they're usually talking about what has happened in the Torah portion that week. Okay, now, the reason that the triennial haftar, there's a little bit of background, the reason that the triennial um, idea, the breaking down of the Torah portion into three sections was such that it could be more amplified. So that if this year, the person standing up here today might have given a sermon on Shifra and Pua because they were in our triennial this year, but next year they won't be in our triennial. So the idea was that you would speak to the triennial of that year. Okay. Historically, the Torah was at the center of the service. 
if you think about time in today's service, we are not, you, you might all think, thank God, we are not right now in the middle of services, right? You haven't had three hours before now and you're gonna have three hours after now. But back in the day, it was such that Torah reading and learning was in the middle of the, of the timing of services, okay? Now we think about our praying, our service aspects, and the sermon as more the centerpieces. Why do you think that would be? That's when people are there. Why else? Language. Exactly. It's in a language that people understand. And also there are tunes now that people have come to know. So the idea that people would participate or get something out of it is more so for the services part, for psuke, shakari, whatever you are here for, and then the sermon. So why have shorter Torah and a longer half Torah? Our rabbis say it seems incongruous, right? It seems to be that those two things are backwards. The Shulchan Aruch, our main text of Jewish law, and Orachaim, the kind of the section that talks about prayer and, and um, mitzvot around life's actions and life's uh, work, says, we conclude in the prophets based upon the subject of the Parsha. So we conclude that the half Torah is based upon the subject of the Torah portion. And we don't decrease the length of the half Torah from 21 verses. Today's half Torah, did anybody count how many verses it was? 17. So we already know that there is some basis here that has changed over time. Today's was not 21. Why? Why can it be that it can be 17? Other than if the matter is settled in less than that. So if the, if the story that we read in today's Haftarah came to an end, came to a settlement, then, okay, it can be 17 verses. It doesn't have to go all the way to 21 just so we can add extra verses. A commentary on, on the Shulchan Aruch, on this piece of law, recognizes that it's necessary that everyone see the Torah as more important than the Haftorah. That is not to say that the Haftorah is not important. It's just to say that the Torah, and that which we learn from the Torah, is more important than the Haftorah. We should not allow a situation where the honor granted the Torah and the Haftorah be equal. So what is, this, what is this saying about how we should conduct our Torah and our Haftorah services? I know they're in the same chunk of time, but how, what is this telling us about the way that we read Torah and Haftorah? We should balance it. We should balance it, or we should what? Give precedence to? Torah. Okay. So, if you're, if, by the way, if you're looking on this with me, I'm going through it very kind of line by line. I'm not going through all the different Hebrew texts, so we'll get to one in a moment. But I'm on the bottom of the first page. So as I said before, this is an educational opportunity. It's an educational opportunity to add into the canon of Haftorot sections of the prophets 
particularly the earlier ones. We don't quote as much from the earlier prophets in our, in our Etz Chaim that are not familiar to us. And even if they are familiar to us in seeing their name, the stories might not be familiar to us. So, th so the idea here would be that if you could make it shorter, you could choose different passages that we don't even have as part of our, as part of our readings right now. Because the sections of the triennial of the Haftorah would be so closely related to the Torah sections that you would need to find passages in the Nevi'im, in the Prophets, that might not even be quoted right now in our year-long of Haftorah reading. So one of the things that it says in the Tshuva is a direct quote, more than the advantage of a shorter Haftorah, this educational addition animates the Tshuva. Again, the rabbis, Rabbi Eliadorf and Rabbi Adam Kligfeld, were not worried that services were long. They were worried that we weren't giving enough attention to what the prophets actually have to teach us. Because though it might not be as important, it's still important. So turn the page. By the way, if you, if you have any questions at any time, raise your hand. I know my Beitenu folks are used to that, but I'm giving everyone the opportunity. These next passages are from the Talmud Bavli, the Babylonian Talmud. That's the Talmud that we're, that we're most used to reading from and quoting from. And I'm going to go through certain pieces of this. You should just know that the Aramaic, which is on the right-hand side, is what is bolded in the English. The other English words that are not bolded are just to help us understand it in our language because just the bolded words might not make as much sense as they do with the, with the non-bolded words um, as connectors. The Gemara raises an objection based upon the following Baraita. The one who concludes with a reading from the prophets from a Haftorah may not read fewer than 21 verses. We just read that. Corresponding to the seven who read from the Torah. So what it's saying here is that we have seven aliyot of Torah, Therefore, the halachic minimum, the Jewish law minimum of Torah verses to read is three per aliyah. Therefore, three times seven equals 21. 21. And if it is so, uh, no, I'm going to skip that because it doesn't matter for what we're talking about. Okay. Since the one who reads the Haftorah reads from the Torah first, only due to respect for the Torah, it is not necessary to also add corresponding verses in the Haftorah. So what it's saying is you just read the story that has to do with the Haftorah because the Torah is the more important piece here. Rava, a rabbi from the time of the Gemara, strongly objects to this story. But there is the Haftorah that begins with the, ver with the words and your, and your burnt offerings. Olotechem, Safu, and then it goes on. Okay. What it's saying here, if you could count Jeremiah 7, 21 through 28, how many verses is that? Yeah. And what they're saying in the Gemara, is here, Gemara here is, okay, that's not 21 verses. And nevertheless, we read it. The Gemara answers, there it is different as the topic is completed in fewer than 21 verses. So it goes back to what we read in the Shulchan Aruch. Remember that the Talmud is before the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch was a, was a law work that was created after the Talmud was written. 
So what we see here is that the, that the law has now come to this conclusion that it can be less than 21 verses as long as we got the whole story. So if the whole story is eight verses, that's okay. The Gemara asks, but is it true that where the topic is not completed, we do not read fewer than 21 verses? Didn't Rav Shmuel Bar Abba say, Many times I stood before Rabbi Yochanan, we're just quoting a bunch of rabbis here, as a translator. And when we had read 10 verses, he would say to us, stop. So after 10 verses, you were done. This indicates that a haftarah need not be 21 verses. The Gemara answers, in a place where there is a translator who translates each verse into Aramaic and adds additional explanation, it is different. Back in the day, when we were to read Haftorah and Torah, someone would say, and then there'd be a translator who would say, what did I say? And, and God said to Moses, right? There would be someone who would stand next to the person reading in a language you didn't understand and would translate it into a language you did understand. This happened for both Haftorah and for Torah. So what they're saying here is that if, when you read the Haftorah, there was someone who was translating, which adds extra time, that you could stop at a certain number of verses. You didn't have to get all the way to 21 because that would be a lot of extra time. Did I see a hand? No. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Right. Correct. Correct. So my next question was going to be, who is the translator today? We don't have someone standing side by side. So who's the translator today? The Chumash or the sermon. The idea would be that the, we, it's not a direct translation. It's not word for word. But the idea would be that the translator was someone who expounded upon the text as well. Didn't just say, Vayomer means, and he said but actually gave meaning to the text. And so the rabbi or the person standing up in front of the community who's giving a sermon is seen today as the translator. But we only do that for what? Torah. We only do that for Torah. So what we're saying here, and we'll get to this in a few seconds, or maybe Rabbi Clickfield will get to this in a few, in a week, <laughs> is that we, we actually believe that if the Haftarah was shorter we would learn it better because someone would stand up before the Haftarah was read and say, let me tell you what Isaiah says in this passage. Let me tell you how it's connected to the Torah we're about to read. So you are learning. Yes, it adds, maybe it adds no time because maybe the Haftarah could be read in five minutes and with an additional two-minute introduction and a two-minute Haftarah, by the end, you probably get to four or five minutes. But ultimately, you're learning you're really understanding what the text is that you are hearing. So this, we're going we're gonna to finish with, mm, yeah. We're going to finish with this, and I'll let Rabbi Klickfeld continue next week. The end here of this Megillah passage, the passage from the Talmud says, they taught that 21 verses must be read from the Haftarah only in a place where there is no translator, but in a place where there is a translator, one may stop even before that. This is a similar argument to reading the full Kriya or reading 
the triennial Torah. Different goals, right, in reading the full Torah, the reason that we would only read the full half Torah is because of actual, um, uh, the grandiose kind of delivery of the Torah that then we would expect from the Haftarah as well. But here what it's saying is that if you're going to have someone actually interpret or describe or educate us on what the two things are saying, it should happen for both. And therefore, the Haftarah doesn't need to be as long. I'm just going to end. Yeah, Stuart. It isn't applicable to a full Kriya because, the, at least the way that I understand it, that question actually isn't fully answered. And if Rabbi Dorf is here, I go, go down to Kiddush and ask him. Um, but, but my understanding would be that if it's a full Kriya, that to have a shorter Haftarah, because the triennial Torah would be connected to the triennial Haftarah, you would have to read the full Haftarah to get all three stories, so to speak, that you would be connecting to the full Kriya. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It's a great point. And I actually, I don't disagree with you. I, I just don't know why it would be that we need to have both in their, in their entirety, except for the fact that the triennial, and this is what Rabbi Klickfeld will get to next week, that the triennial is so specifically matched up and paired with what the triennial Torah is. Like, for example, this morning we read about Moses being put in the basket and about Shifra and Puah, and I, I could look to see what the, what the triennial Haftorah would be, because they have come up with this for us. So the triennial, the triennial for today would have been pieces of actually what we did read today from Isaiah, but if we were in the second triennial, which off the top of my head, I don't remember what part of Shemot that would be, what part of the story that would be, we actually read from Joshua as opposed to Isaiah. So because the stories are so, are so closely connected, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. But again, I, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Rabbi Chorney and then I'll call on you. So, so I won't get into. I'm happy to talk to you about that over Kiddush. Yes. So actually, there was one person who voted against it. Yes. So, 
Yeah, so this is, this is the tshuva. I didn't pass this out. I passed out kind of a digest version of it. Um, but we are going to post this so that next week when Rabbi Klickfeld is teaching, you can, you can see the full, the entirety of the tshuva. But yes, yeah, so in this particular um, meeting, when they talked about this, there were 21 people in the room, 20 who voted in favor, one who, abs one who voted against, zero who abstained. So I, the last thing I want to say about this is that when Rabbi Klickfeld goes into the third page of your, of your source sheet here next week, you're going to see that there is actually now discussion, even in this tshuva, about how long it must be. We're not looking for it to be very, very, very short. We're looking for it to still be meaningful for the Torah triennial. Right, so on the next page, if you just flip over very quickly, I'm not going to go into the text, but it's, it, there's this whole discussion in the Talmud Yerushalmi and the Palestinian Talmud that talks about what is three. It says that there can be three. Is that three verses? Or is that the equivalent of what three aliyot would be, which is ten? So how do we get us to a point where we aren't minimizing it so much that it seems unimportant and rather, we are making sure that it is less than what it might be in the full half Torah, focusing in deeply on what the story would be. I want to say thank you, first of all, for doing this with me and for going on this journey with us. We as a clergy have spent a lot of time thinking about this. It's something that we are um, both excited about but also want to give the respect and honor that it deserves, both because it's an emotional issue. For some people, this feels like we are taking something major away by only doing a triennial. And we want to make sure that you know that it's not just something that we think is fun, but is actually based in something that we, that we currently stand on, which is our rabbinic tradition. So I'll just remind you that if you're going to be here next week, we're going to collect these papers at the back of the room so that we can hand them out again next week. If you're not going to be here next week, feel free to take these home, and we're going to be posting the actual tshuva so that you can read that as well. And again, thank you, and feel free to ask us any questions over Kiddush. If you would like to find Rabbi Dorf, I'm not sure that he even knows we we're talking about on this, so, so give him a heads up before you ask him any questions. Um, but we do have experts in this area in our own building. So Shabbat Shalom and thank you.